Joseph and um, today is June the 13th, 2019, and um, obviously we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the Word of God today, amen. <clears throat> I trust everyone's having uh, a good day and that you've had a good victorious week in the Lord, amen. Sweat another minute or so, let some other people come online. 
Praise God. Praise God. All right. Let's get started with some prayer, man. Hallelujah, Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you for this precious opportunity, Father, to come before your people, Lord God. I stand in your presence, Father God, ministering the words of life to your people, Father. I pray that they would have ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord God, what the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour, amen. I thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful to watch over your word, Father God. You are faithful to watch over your word, Father God, and perform it in each and every one of our lives, Father God. I thank you, Lord, according to your word, Father God, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, amen. We've got to hear the rainbow. We've got to hear the spoken words in our spirits, amen. And we need to bring breath to them and life to them. I thank you, Lord God. It is written, Father God, that so shall the word of the Lord be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void or empty, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it will prosper the thing whereto I send it. I thank you, Lord God, once again, as I stand in your presence, Father God, ministering your words of life to your people, Father. Our Father, I thank you, Lord, for this tremendous honor, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God, for your tremendous grace in our lives that gives us room to grow. But not only that, Father God, you bring us from one level of glory to another level of glory. For it is written in your word, Father God, and of its fullness have you all received in grace for grace. In this hour, Lord God, we take all that we can take of your presence and of your life and of your word and of your spirit and of your power, Lord, and of your wisdom, Father, and of your knowledge, Father God, so that we may live by these words, we may live by the Spirit in Jesus' name. If you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory provoking one another. I thank you, Lord God, for the Holy Ghost right now, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God, that he quickens us, Lord, according to your word. For your word is truth, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray that you would open the eyes of the people, Father God. Open the eyes of your saints, O God, that they might behold wondrous things out of the book of thy law. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So uh, I wanted to start with a uh, little something that happened. Um, I was talking to a young man a few days ago. And, uh, you know, he openly admits, you know, I don't follow Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't get involved in the church and, you know. So uh, I shared with him a principle, right, the word in uh, Matthew 16, starting with verse 18. Let's go to that, please. Matthew 16, 18. And, and this is a, you know, a well-known passage, you know, if you've been involved in the Word of God for any time, any length of time. Um, and so in verse 13, all right, it says that when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Amen. So it's a question. Who are they saying that I am? Right? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets okay and he said unto them but who do you say that I am and Simon Peter, Simon Peter answered and said there art the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered him and said unto him blessed art thou Simon Barjona for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee but my father which is in heaven okay and I'm gonna stop right there so we know from the last uh, time we were together in the Word that, that Jesus had to come under authority under his parents. And he did that from the time he was 12 to the time he was 18 years old. He was submitted to authority, right? 
all that time because the scripture says that, that Jesus when he was baptized by John that the scripture says that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased right son is the Greek word weos which means fully matured right there's five Greek words we went over this I'm gonna share briefly again Napios, Parion, Technon, Weos, and Pater. These are all Greek words. And each one of them describe child or son or, or uh, a son of God in the Bible and so on. They're, they're translated as child or babe or son. So the first one, Napios, means no speech. When an individual brother or sister gets born again, he's just like a baby that's been born, right, in the natural. He has nothing really to say. He or she has nothing to say. There's... All they, can, all they know that, you know, the love of God has redeemed them and delivered them, amen. And and that's that's pretty much their testimony. And like I said, they may have a few scriptures, Romans 10, 9 and 10, and, and John 3, 16, right? And that's about all they can quote right now. And which is fine, amen. Those words are power-packed, amen. Those are the words that, you know, most of the body of Christ has came in on as far as the revelation that God, that Jesus Christ died for our sins and that God is not mad anymore, amen. So then... The next one is Pation. Pation is like a, a, a an individual that's uh, is in a potty stage, a baby, right? He's walking around, looks like a little person, you know, male or female, and, but he's still pooping in his pants, diapers, and so on. He needs a lot of cleanup, in other words. He's still still very immature. And then the next word is the word technon. Technon is like a teenager. The technon, you give him the keys to the car, the teenager, and what does he do? He's getting tickets, he's burning the tires up, he's wasting all this gas and time and energy, right? And he's just being really immature with responsibility in this stage. And then you have your weas. As I said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Weas, fully matured son. Amen. And the scripture says in Romans 8:14, for as many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen. Sons of God, there is the word weas, Romans 8:14. So we understand that the weos is the fully matured son. Now, the next word is the word pater. Pater is the Greek word that means father. And a father is able to progenerate, regenerate sons and daughters of God. That is the life of God within them. Amen. He causes them to see the father, understand the father. It's not a natural thing that we need to be calling those that have trained us up in the ways of God and taught us the ways of God that we need to be saying all the time to you, father, father, right? It's a matter of in the spirit. Amen. It's something that's acknowledged in the spirit. It's the lordship of Jesus Christ. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, right? And I quote this scripture, like I said, a lot. Because nobody can reveal this to you that who is Jesus Christ, right? To you. Who do, you, who do men say that I am the son of man? And Peter said thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, right? So in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it says, Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. No man can say that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. No man can say that but unless they're being led of the Spirit, unless the Holy Ghost has done a work in them where they now see the value and the, and the, and, and the importance of coming under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You see? And so, as again, there, uh, P.S. Peter said, uh, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? And he said, flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, right? So it's not something that, the, that anybody's going to be able to try to convince you, even though they're giving you the scriptures and giving you all the right doctrine and teaching. Without the Holy Ghost, you can't even acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. 
And I'm saying, who do you as an individual say? And that's what I said to this young man. I said, who do you say that Jesus is to you? And at this stage in his life, he said, well, you know, I, I believe in Jesus Christ, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not committed to him. And I understand that completely because Jesus does not want you in between. He doesn't want one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. You can't do that. You're either in or you're out. You're either of me, Jesus said, or you're not of me, right? And so as we understand the Lord and what he was telling Peter, he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. You came forth from the Father. Amen. And even so, we as sons and daughters of God come forth from the Father in the Spirit. Amen. Now, again, this individual openly acknowledged that I don't serve Jesus Christ. I don't want to get baptized to this time, you know, until I feel I'm ready to commit. <laughs> well, obviously that's a little backwards, but, you know, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. And if I drop the seeds, amen, the Holy Ghost is the one that will light on the seed, that will breathe on that word, and that word will become alive, and that word will start growing up in that individual, and all of a sudden it's becoming a revelation. It's becoming understanding. It's becoming a way of life, as the scripture says, of Jesus, and the word was made flesh and grown to among us. And as we grow in the grace of Jesus Christ and the understanding of, of what God has for us and what, he, what the work that he has for us, right, understand that the word says, I mean, the principle is, is that you must get into the will of God. What is the will of God, right? How do I find the will of God? Well, you've got to get in the Word of God to get the will of God. You need to be listening to those that are teaching you, those that have the, the bread of life that can give it to you, as this broadcast is doing. So the will of God is the Word of God. The Word of God is the way of God. The Word of God is going to train you and teach you how God operates. Psalm 103, verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. So Moses knew his ways. How can Moses know his ways? Well, he spent time with the Lord. He spent time in the Word. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. You're not going to get all that revelation and understanding and knowledge without just, if you got, like I said, one, one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. It's all, it's in or nothing. It's all or nothing, right? This team that we're on, Lord of God, the kingdom of God, and, and our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, he's not wanting you to be lukewarm in this situation. You've got to commit to the Lord and commit to his word. So again, Moses knew his ways. See, when we pray for people, when we lay hands on the people, when God heals them, when God delivers them, God gives them baptism, Holy Ghost, God brings new birth to them, they see who Jesus is, and they receive Jesus, and so on and so on. All those are the acts of God, A-C-T-S, in other words, the performance of God. And those are all necessary um, portions, right? Necessary pieces of God. But it's not all that there is. You see, when you understand the way of God, then you understand the order of God and how God wants your life and the course that it needs to take, what, what your purpose is, what your course is, what your way is, you see? And it's like anything. How can you know the way of something and you, instead of, unless you look at the manual, right? Or, or if you don't follow the directions when you're trying to put something together, you're going to end up having pieces that didn't get into the assembly. <laughs> and it's the same thing with us. How can we understand what God has for us and where he wants us to go and how to be led of the Spirit of God in Jesus' name except we get involved in the Word of God? Because the Scripture says that he upholds his Word above his name. You see, because his word is integrity. Amen. He cannot change his word. 
If he's put his word out there on a matter, that's it. He's not going to go back because then who would God be like us, a man that changes his mind and flip-flops all the time, right? Wow. And that's called a double-minded man, James said, is unstable in all his ways. Well, God is not unstable, amen. He is stable and solid as a rock. As a matter of fact, the scripture says a stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. The stone which the builders rejected, Raj. And that's going to be in Psalm 118, start with verse 22. Let's take a look at that. Psalm 118, verse 22. Praise God. And it says here, I will praise thee, verse 21. For thou hast heard me and are become my salvation. When you hear Jesus, you hear the message of the gospel of the kingdom, the good news, you finally hear what the Spirit is saying. And you start understanding that Jesus Christ has become your salvation, redeemer, right? Healer, deliverer. He's taking you out of the effect of sin on our lives, right? And bringing you into the kingdom of God. Where now we live by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has made us free. You see, we live now by the law of the spirit of life. We no longer live by the law of the spirit of death, which is the world. We don't go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The gold of the tree of life, which is Jesus. Okay? So it says, The stone which the builders refused is become the head stone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Amen? We will rejoice and be glad in it. In the day that they rejected. Why? Because not everybody received Jesus Christ, right? The carnal man, he can't see, comprehend, or understand. He thinks it's foolishness. Why are you so committed? You see, you don't need to go to church all the time to be a Christian. They don't understand, I mean, the ways of God. And then, therefore, they're carnal, and they can't see and understand or comprehend these things. But the spiritual man, glory to God, he can. He knows the mind of Jesus Christ because he stays in the Spirit, amen. He prays, he seeks God, he studies his word, amen. Not for his own glory. But to understand the Creator and the Father who made us, the one who generated us in the Spirit, I mean. And so, again, uh, as I said, you know, everything that this young man, like I said, he says, you know, I'm not committed to Jesus Christ, right? I understand. And, there, and then he started saying things like, well, there's many religions. One thing we need to understand about Christianity is that, first of all, they call them Christians because they acted like Jesus. They were doing it like Jesus. They were acting like Jesus, right? And so therefore, Christian is not a religion from the world. Christian is something that came from Christ down. God came down to humanity. That's the whole difference right there. Every other organization, every other religion and belief, Buddha, Muslim, you know, every other uh, organization and everything that's been put together to try to you know, to win the converts and get them moved over into their understanding and their logic and their philosophy, right? All those have come from the bottom up. They're trying to go up. They're trying to elevate. They're trying to get to this position in this state of mind where, you know, they're at peace all the time and they're, they go through all these mantras and all these religious prayers, amen, and they're, and they're just offering up all these dead works and it brings no glory to the Father. But the one, amen, that they rejected the stone, that's the one that God is glorified in. This is the one that he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is the one that Peter saw 
when he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, the weas of God, amen. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, amen. Thou art the Christ, amen, the Son of, of the living God. Amen. And 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 so thou art the Christ, the Son, the weas is the same word that he used there of the living God. We understand your maturity. We understand your character. We understand what you're seeking to build in our lives. We don't have a conflict with that. And therefore, we understand that you have the ways of life. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 8, amen. I'll quote in Romans 8, 14 again. I mean, earlier. Romans chapter 8, right? For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the weas of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage. The spirit of bondage is the spirit of the world. The spirit of rebellion, the spirit of lawlessness, the spirit of doing it your own way, the spirit of the carnal man. He's being influenced and inspired by another spirit. It's called the spirit of error. Okay? And so we haven't received the spirit of bondage again of fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That word adoption is the word 5206, and it means that as a fully matured son, we're grafted and brought in to that realm of God where now we can step into the work of God, the way of God, amen, which we get from the word of God, which is the will of God, amen. And then it says that, um, let's see here, verse 18, for the creature, for the earnest, I'm sorry, verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waiteth. For the manifestation of the sons of God, the weos of God. Creation is waiting for me and you to grow up and be fully matured sons in this earth. Why? Because we're going to be responsible like Jesus was on the earth. We're going to be men of character and honesty and integrity. Our word is going to be our bond. Amen. We're not going to vacillate from that. We're going to be just like Jesus Christ in the earth as sons of God, representing our Father and doing our Father's will, doing our Father's work, doing our Father's word, teaching our Father's ways. Amen? Understanding that this is the way of the Lord. Jesus was the pattern son. Man. Verse 20 says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, in other words, to the, to that, uh, the bondage, right? The death, the carnal man, etc., uh, because the creature itself shall be delivered. I'm sorry, verse 20. For the creature was not sub made subject to vanity, not willingly. In other words, we didn't willingly ask for this, right? But we, along with Adam, fell when he fell. That's why Jesus had to come to restore the relationship with our Father and the Spirit first. And he did that when he, first of all, he died to himself. He laid down his suke, his life. Matthew, right? Talks about the garden against Gethsemane, right? And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he laid down his suke. You never saw Jesus Christ talking about his own will. But here, he said, not my will, but thine will. Why? There was a distinction here now. I don't want to do my will, Father God. I want to do your will. Nevertheless, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, the carnal man, he can't go with God. He can't understand God. He can't comprehend God. He's going to suke out. He's going to give up, in other words. But the spiritual man, glory to God, he's going to go back down in there and wrestle his soul man down and say, No, Suke, you're going to obey your father. Amen. And therefore, the victory that we have on the cross because Jesus Christ dealt with the soul in Matthew 26, etc. Now, it's the same thing for us. If you want to come into the fullness of God, you've got to also maintain constant oversight of your soul man. 
keep a tight, tight grip on him, man, because as soon as you give him leeway, he's leading you down a ditch somewhere, man. <coughs> now it says in verse 21, because the creature itself shall be delivered from the from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And the children of God here are the technons of God. In other words, creation is going to come to that place. Sons and daughters of God are going to be able to grow up in the kingdom of God because now there's a there's a weos here that's going to be able to train them up, a father in the faith, amen, that's going to be able to train them up in the ways of God, as sons of God, daughters of God, and bring them into maturity. Amen. Because they're following those who follow the Lord. They're following those who are growing up. And they want to grow up and want to move on with God. Not stay in this baby land, Babylon system. Where the body of Christ is not growing and coming to maturity as it should. The whole goal is for all of us to come into maturity. Ephesians chapter 4. This is why he gave us the fivefold ministry. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, the teacher. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. He gave us this so that we could grow up. And the fact of the matter is, if all you've ever been exposed to is the shepherd of the pastoral ministry, you, you're, you're falling short from the maturity that God has for you. It's up to you, body of Christ. What are you going to do? Make a choice, amen. Serve Jesus. Serve His Word. Understand His ways, amen. For we know... Praise God. That all creation groans and travails together until now. Now, because now somebody is finally grown up in the kingdom of God. Now somebody can finally impart to us the ways of God and teach us the Lord, amen, and his understanding. And understanding the Father, amen, and how he operates. And what his desires in the earth is to raise up sons and daughters. Not ministers, not a whole group of pastors that are doing all this work in the ministry. That's not what the word says, man. And where do we get these titles from, by the way? Right? Director of music or, or pastor of music, whatever. Ministry of pastor. It's ridiculous. There is no titles in the kingdom of God. You're just a son of God and a daughter of God. That's it. Now, that doesn't mean there's not respect for those that are in authority in the Lord, amen, over us. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we're walking around with these titles, man, and they ain't doing nothing for us. Now, we're going to get into our lesson now, and I'm going to read, um, well, let's read, uh, let's see here. Let me post this up for you. I pray that trusting everybody's following what I'm saying to you, man, and, and understand that the heart of the Father and what He's trying to do in bringing us up and bringing us to maturity, amen? Now, <clears throat> let's go ahead and get started with our outline, amen? Praise God. So the, the, this outline is called prayer, intercessory prayer, right? And the scripture says, intercede from the Webster is from a Latin term that means enter or between and sedere, which means to go between. So there's two types of intercession, right? There's supplication to God for another, and then there's warfare against spiritual opposition, right? So when you're so when you're coming to God for someone, you're coming on their behalf. The scripture says in Psalm 103 that the Lord sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. You're offering up prayer and God is ministering in the spirit through his angels and through the Holy Ghost. 
and bringing revelation, light, and comprehending and understanding from the life of God that you're releasing out of your spirit on behalf of your brothers and sisters, on behalf of those that are in the world that don't know Jesus, you see, and bringing them to a place where they encounter God. Amen? Let me, let me back up real quick. I said that there's a scripture. Let me make sure where that is. That's in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 103. Amen? I think it's Psalm 107. Let me look at that one. Praise God. Let me look it up then. <laughs> Alright, give me a second here. I, I want to make sure I give you this one. Alright, see, so yeah, Psalm 107 20. Amen. It says that he's. Okay. Their soul, okay, the, verse 17, fools because of their transgression, the carnal man, and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Not to mention the carnal man, but also the man of the world, right? The ones that are living in the world. The God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds, right? But it says that their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. You see, everything they're producing is no life, no peace, man. It's just death. It's just a mess. Then they cry unto the Lord, glory to God, in their trouble. You see, when, you, when, when it shall turn to the Lord, then that's when God starts hearing. That's when God, God starts moving on behalf. But the heart has to repent and turn to the Lord, right? There's two words for repentance. I don't know if y'all remember these. Those have been following the lessons. They're metanoia, which means godly sorrow. It produces repentance unto the Lord. And then there's metamolomai, which means you return or you're sorry because you got caught. Amen? You remember when, when you were growing up and you got caught, man, you were all over. Boy, I'm sorry. Boy, I'm sorry. Don't spank me, Mom. I'm sorry. You remember? And not only that, you grow up in that lawless state of mind. Before you know it, you're locked up because you can't manage your own life. Somebody else has to manage you. Mm. And you're sorry because you got caught. It's not true heart repentance. It says, uh, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all the destructions. You see? And that's the time, again, when there's repentance. Now the word of the Lord can be released. Amen. Now, on behalf of one another, on behalf of the body of Christ, on behalf of your family, your wife and your children, on behalf of those loved ones, your loved ones. Amen. Now God begins to move in their lives. And this is a process, right? God begins to reveal to them his way and his word. And by his word, I mean. You see, which is we know the will. Now let's go back. Amen. So warfare, like I said, you know, all these attitudes, right? Attitudes of prayer, right? You're praying for one another, but not only that, you're warring for one another, right? The scripture says in Ephesians chapter six, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, uh, so we understand that, you see, that, that, that that's what's happening in, in that place of, uh, of warfare, is that we're coming against these evil powers, amen. I pray all the time for the fellowship that's, I bind the spirit of Babylon, the baby lamb. I bind the spirit of Jezebel, I bind the spirit of religion, I bind the spirits of chaos and confusion, I bind the demonic spirits that speak death. 
in Jesus' name. I speak the word of the Lord over the body of Christ. Amen. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I lift them up. Amen. I remember them in my prayers because I love them. Amen. Just as God loves you. One thing we need to understand about the intercessor's act, okay, he acts as an advocate, someone that's standing in between, as a lawyer in the spirit. He's pleading the cause of another. Father, have mercy on my brothers, amen. Have mercy on my brother, Lord. Have mercy on my nephews, amen. Have mercy, Father, on my sisters, Lord. Have mercy, Father God. Reveal to them your will, amen, which is your word, which is your way, which is your word. Job 9, 32 and 33. Job chapter 9, 32 and 33. Amen. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that, may, that might lay his hand upon us both. You see, in other words, somebody is standing in between, amen. Somebody, amen, the Lord, as we pray and as He releases angelic hosts, amen, as He releases His Word and the Spirit is moving because and the angels of God are moving on that Word, amen. So somebody is there. Let me read that in the message, amen. God and I are not equals. I can't bring a case against Him. We'll never enter courtrooms as peers. How I wish we had an arbitrator to step up, to step in and let me go on with my life, amen. We need an arbitrator, amen. We need one another to be praying for one another. Body of Christ, I'm going to tell you up front, I need prayer, amen. You need prayer. We need prayer, amen. Our families need prayer, amen. Excuse me. So, um... All right, let's look at the next one. Genesis chapter 18, verse 16. Genesis. Mm. The heart of Abraham, amen. The father, amen. Father of many nations. And the man rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, amen. They had a mission, amen. They had a co-mission from God. They were released to do, to do a work of the Lord. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Alright? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. Amen? To do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Praise God. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, right? I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. I'm going to go investigate the situation myself. See the, the visitation of God, amen? And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? You see, body of Christ, if you're standing for the Lord, amen, if your life is for God, then the judgment that comes and that is coming 
to those that are carnal, those that are in the world, it's not going to impact you, son or daughter of God, because you're the righteous. Say ye to the righteous, the scripture said, it shall be well with you, but woe to the wicked, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. What they've sown, they're going to reap. What we sow as sons and daughters of God, because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we also reap. Amen? What you're investing is what you're going to get returned to you. Oh, man. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, there be 50 righteous within this city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner. Abraham understood the way of the Lord here. Peradventure, there be 50. That, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from him. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? Of course he shall, man. And the Lord said, If I in Sodom find fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. Praise God. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Wow, what a reverence for God, amen. Peradventure, they're like five, five and fifty righteous. So he kept going through the list. <coughs> Excuse me. And he got down to where if there's ten, will you destroy the city? Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? You see? And so God said, No, I won't. See, Lot, Abraham was concerned for Lot and his family. And that's what the issue was, is that Lot and his family went towards Sodom. Right, and they didn't want to pitch with Moses. I mean, I'm sorry, Abraham. They didn't want to stay with Abraham, so they went on their way. And so the point is here is that verse 32, and he said, "Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet, but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there." And he said, "I will not destroy it for ten's sake, Lord of God." And the Lord went his way, and as soon as he had left communion, communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. You see. You understand here the way of God? God will not destroy if there be but ten righteous. In other words, if it came down and it was just one righteous man, God wouldn't destroy. God is not that way. He honors your integrity. Amen. And to entreat here, Abraham, he had to deal with, negotiate, intercede, to plead with, especially in order to persuade and ask urgently. Jesus said, men ought always to pray in Luke 18.1. Same principle here. Abraham kept asking, kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. We have to do the same thing, buddy, guys. The lawyer pleads his case on the basis of the law, the covenant. He knows the word. You've got to become a master of the sword. Let me show you a scripture. This is in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, amen. Verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. You see that? When you're a babe, you're unskillful in the word. 
And by the way, those that are always only moving in the word of a babe, just getting people born again, that's the best you can do. That's all you have in your arsenal. The scripture says you're a babe. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful. You still are not a master of the sword. Verse 14, but strong meat belongs to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use or or or, uh, or using it, in other words, using your senses, reason of use is the word habit. You form a habit, you practice, right? Have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, you walk in a marismos of discernment. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to terminus. In other words, God is trying to get us to this point, this destination, this place where we walk in the spirit, dividing the sunder of the soul and spirit, the marismos of the soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, of discernment and of thoughts and intents of the heart. Four areas right there that God's word brings distinction. And that's what happens here. Because you're walking in the spirit and you have the word, you can see the good and the evil. You can see the world. You can see the carnal man. You can see the spiritual man. You can see the life of God. You can see the death. You see it because you're in the spirit and you have the word. All right? So there again, strong meat. If you want to get into the things of God, the depth of God, and understand the ways of God, then you're going to have to come out of yourself and come unto the Lord. See? You've got to get out of that carnal man. And you've got to grow up. As I was stating earlier, is that we've got to grow up. Amen? We've got to come to that place where we're fully matured sons. Amen? Now, so that was Genesis, I'm sorry, that was uh, Genesis 18 and Genesis 20. We have another instance here. And Abraham journeyed, verse 1, from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah's wife, she is my sister. And the Bamlach king of Gehar sent her and took Sarah. Wow. So here, as a matter of integrity, he was being dishonest and said to the king of Abimelech, she's my sister. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said unto him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. And God intervened, amen. And Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou also slay the righteous? Wilt thou slay the, also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. Praise God. He's right. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thine heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me, therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. I gave it to you, and I need you to understand, don't touch her. Now therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee. And thou shalt live, and if thou restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die. And thou and thou and all that are thine. Wow. You see, he was touching the Lord's anointing, man. He was touching God's. Even though Abraham deceitfully said that she's my sister because he feared the king. See, Abraham feared man rather than God, but God had mercy. God had mercy. And didn't give Abraham what he deserved, amen. And he restored his wife back to him, and God Abraham was able to pray for the man. And God restored him. Exodus chapter 32, verse 7. Now we're going to get into Moses. All these were individuals that interceded 
and stepped in on behalf of others. Exodus 32, 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy, pe for the, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. So Moses was in the presence of God, receiving the law of God, and look what the people were doing. Verse 8, They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molten calf and have worshipped it, and even sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. <clears throat> you see, these people were very obstinate. They didn't want God's uh, law. They didn't want His word. They didn't want to walk after the Spirit. They wanted to walk in their own carnality and do all their perverted deeds. Right? Wow. So, uh, 9, verse 9, the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, right? It's a stiff people. Now, therefore, verse 10, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. So God said, I'm going to start over, and we'll start with you, Moses. And Moses besought the Lord as God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt? with great power and with a mighty hand. Therefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out. In other words, he just wanted to play with them, to slay them in the mountains and consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. Wow. Look how Moses is talking, man. He had great confidence. He knew the way of God. Man. He knew that God would not slay the righteous of the wicked. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, of whom thou swearest by thine own self and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of, uh, will I give it unto your seed, and thy, they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Wow. Look at that, man. God went back. And from his own heart and the, and, and the fierceness of his wrath, and turn back to mercy, amen, and kindness and the grace of God, amen. Praise God. Thank God for the intercessors, amen, those who stand in, that, in the way on behalf of others, amen. Psalm 106, 45. Psalm 106, 45. Praise God. And he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. You see, he remembered, amen, what he had spoken to him. He's a card. The word remembered is a card. And it's the word for male, which means to be remembered. And when he said male and female created, he did in Genesis chapter 1. And he, repented and he repented according to the multitude of his mercies. Thank God, amen, for the mercy of God, amen. Ooh. Deuteronomy 9, 7. These are all examples of someone that stood in the gap, amen, that made up the hedge. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord, or provokest, provokest the Lord, thy God, to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until ye came unto this place which ye have rebelled, which ye have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Horeb, provoked the Lord to wrath, so that the Lord was angry with you to have destroyed you. 
And when I was going up into the mount to receive, to receive the tablets of stone, even the tablets of the covenant which the Lord made with you, then I abode in the mount forty days and forty nights, and I did neither eat bread nor drink water. And the Lord delivered unto me two, two tablets of stone, written with the finger of God, and on them was it written according to all the words which the Lord had spoken with you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. Wow. A fire law, amen. And the Lord said unto me, Arise, let me go down quickly from hence, for thy Lord which has brought forth out of Egypt, for for thy people which has brought forth out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They are quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them, and made a molten image. So so Moses is recounting to them what, what happened and what they went through. And so as we look on down in verse Let's see what he says at the end here. Verse 29. Verse 28. Unless the land which thou hast brought us out say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he promised them, and because he hated them, he had brought them out to slay them in the wilderness. Yet they are thy people. Amen. I am the people of God. You are the people of God. And thine inheritance. Say, I am the inheritance of God. Amen. With Sabras out of thy mighty power and by thy outstretched arm, amen. The hand of the Lord, the deliverance of God, amen. And ultimately, to get us to that place of Jesus Christ, amen. Numbers, well, I'm not going to read down the numbers. Intercession preserved their lives for a time, but their st sin still kept them from the promised land. You see, the thing that happened with the children of Israel is that they murmured and complained. They grumbled. They didn't want to receive God's way and His word. And so God forced them to go round and round and round in the mountains, around the mountain for 40 years until the whole generation died off because they would not submit to the will of God. Let me look at this real quick. Numbers 14. fourteen eleven. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me, and how long will it be ere they believe me, for all the signs which I have showed them among them? You see, and it's the same thing today. How long is it going to be before you finally make up your mind that I'm going to serve God no matter what it costs me? And that's what it's going to take, I'm telling you, buddy, Christ. That is the kind of commitment Jesus Christ is looking for. The Father, amen. Hmm. Verse 22, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me all now these ten times and have not hearkened or listened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, glory to God, Caleb, man. Because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land, wherein, whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Praise God. Thank God, amen, that God was able to find someone, amen. And Caleb, amen, was able to go into the promised land along with all the children of the, of the, of the sons and daughters of Israel. In other words, all the, the, the generation that died off, all their children are the ones that were allowed to come in. And Numbers chapter 16. Uh, verse 41. 
But on the morrow, all the congregation of Israel, children of Israel, murmured against the Lord and against Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. This is the instance where Korah and his company decided that they wanted to take the priesthood from Moses. And God was really upset with them because they spoke out against authority. And the scripture says that the earth swallowed them up. But after that event, the people said, look what God has done. Look what the Lord has done, man. He's killed everybody. But as you go on and read this, God was getting ready to take them all out, man. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation, man, the presence of God. Get you up from among the congregation that I may consume them in a moment, says God. And they fell upon their faces. Amen. They, start, they, they started interceding for the people. And God and Aaron, and, and, and Moses told Aaron, take a censer, take coals from the, from the altar and go before the people and make intercession, make atonement. And that's what they did. And God spared the people. Amen. Mm. Some of them died, but not all of them. Woo. Man. God's anointed. Amen. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. Here's another instance. But again, God, in his mercy, amen, Miriam had to stay without the camp for seven days, leprous, white as snow. Amen. She says she lifted, the covering was lifted, and she had to get dealt with. And, uh, and again, this is the way of God. Amen. If you're not walking after the Lord, amen, and you're walking after your own carnality, then that's what you're, that's what you're going to reap. That's what's going to come back to you, man. Death, in other words. Not death physically, but death as a, in, in, in the saying that you're frustrated. Nothing's happening properly. You, you, you can't have any peace. You don't have peace, you see. You're just walking in chaos and confusion all the time. And that's the way it is, amen, when you're in the, in the carnal mind. Not to mention the world. We're not even talking about the world. Intercession preserved their lives for a time, but their, their sins still kept them from the promised land. And uh, <clears throat> Daniel chapter 2, verse 31. Use the keys, amen. Use the power of binding and loosing. And take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Daniel chapter 2, verse 31. All right. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, the breast and arms of silver, and belly of thighs, the belly and thighs of breast. Okay, so he's describing here. So let's get down to verse 36. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. You see, Daniel was able to come to the king and reveal to him what God had revealed to him. Daniel made intercession. He prayed to the Lord so he could understand what the king needed to hear. And the word of the Lord of God was bringing the king. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, And in the days of these, king, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. What do you think he's talking about there? He's talking about the government of Jesus Christ. That's the government that's going to live forever. Isaiah 9 verse 6, Unto us a child is born, but a son is given. 
and the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. You see? And why is that coming out? Because God's ultimate purpose is to bring us to that place of maturity where we're walking as sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. Stepping in behalf and coming before the Lord on behalf of one another. You see? And prayer is intercession from man to God. But the preaching and the teaching of the word, amen, by the Spirit of God, is intercession from God to man. God is bringing forth His understanding, His truth, and His quickness to quickening to us by the Spirit, amen. And that's what we need to walk by, not after the carnal man, not after this fleshful man. Genesis 1, 26 and 28, all authority, amen. Genesis chapter 1. Verses 26 through 28. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion, authority, over the fish, over the sea, over the fowl, over the air, over the cattle, over, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. He made them to have dominion. And keep in mind, God hadn't even made mankind yet. It was just a thought right here. God was getting ready to formulate it, and he had to speak it out first, just like we do when we have faith toward God on the matter. The authority in Jesus Christ on earth proved an earthen vessel by the word of the Lord God. Amen. Be the stone cut out of the mountain, an intercessor cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Pray for peace, prepare for war. Amen. Because the enemy is not going to give up the territory. You've got to take it by faith. The scripture says that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We're not talking about violence of man's violence where we're using man-made weapons. We're talking about the weapons of our warfare, amen? the weapons of our military campaign, the weapons of our apostolic career, the weapons, amen, that we yield, amen, which is the word of the Lord, amen, which is faith, which is prayer, which is trust in God, which is an assurance. The scripture says in Jeremiah, I mean Isaiah, hold on, right? Where it talks about the effect of righteousness, right? And this is in Isaiah 32, 17. Amen. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Amen. You see, the effect of sin all this time has been disease, sickness, poverty, ignorance, uneducated, right? And, 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 and all this time living without God. But now because of righteousness, because of Jesus Christ has came, amen, and brought to us now a relationship back to the Father, a way to get back to the Father in spirit. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and confidence, and assurance forever. Because of Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity to stand in your presence, Father, and minister your words of life to your people. Amen. Your word is life unto those who find them, and health to all their flesh, Father. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding comprehension to the people. Revelation, Father, light. 
I thank you, Lord God, for your precious Holy Spirit, amen, that works with each and every one of us, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that you watch over your word to perform every facet and every detail of your word in our lives, Father God. And as Moses, Father, who staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Even so, Father, I declare your people are strong in faith, Father. I declare that I am strong in faith, and I give you glory. And I bless you, Lord, for those that hear this today, those that will hear in the future, Father. May you bless their ears, Father God, and cause them to hear by the Spirit, and cause them to see and understand and comprehend by the Spirit. Because of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, for the Lord God, the Almighty, reigns in majesty. He rules with wisdom, power, and authority over all. Hallelujah, hallelujah, for the Lord God, the For the Lord. 